Welcome to a special episode of our Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand series brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity. For more information on the Rainmaker Multiplier process and a list of all podcasts in this series, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see all of your smiling faces. So yes, today is about time, time management, and how time gets away from us so easily and or quickly. So I'm going to go ahead and start with a question right now. I want you to write it down somewhere on your desk. So the first question is, what are the three most important activities you should be doing in a week? I'll give you 30 seconds to write those down since you should know them inside and out. Okay, and the second question, what percentage of time do you spend on those three activities in a week? Okay, so I asked this question. Um, I think overall, the average is 50%. And when you say 50% of your time is spent on the three activities you really should be spending your time on, what's taking away from the rest of your time? So some of you have been through the training coaching program with Mary Stirk and I, and I'm just going to bring up the three color scheduling system. And just as a reminder for those of you that did not go through the coaching and or do not know of these three different colors, we have the first one, which is green. It's all about revenue and relationships. So this is more about your client meetings, cultivating prospects networking with your COIs. It could be your workshops, your webinars. The second one is blue, which is all about planning and preparation. So this could be team meetings, strategic planning, getting your learn on. It could be uh, reviewing appointment prep, doing the appointment prep. And then the last one is yellow, which is personal. And what that means is there's nothing business related in your yellow time. So during the week, unless you're off on a Wednesday or a Friday, and that would be your yellow time, you would have a lot of blue and green. The key thing in the blue and the green time is to actually schedule it, right? A lot of people will, let's use appointments. Let's say you want 15 appointments in a week. How are we getting those appointments on the calendar, be it you or someone else on your team? Do they know where you want those appointments? Do they know how many appointments you want? That's all your green. We want green on the calendar as quickly as possible. So if you want 15 appointments, what days, what time of day, and what's the makeup of those appointments? That's how I look at green time. And then when you look at blue, blue wraps around green, and it wraps around green in a way of If you have an appointment, then maybe after the appointment, you want to delegate or download. You want to get that stuff out of your head. That would be blue time, your delegation time. But the more that you structure, as it was said in the very beginning, an ideal week, when you structure your week so you know who you're meeting with when, and then what are all the other activities you need to be spending your time on, and you plot those in there. I'm not saying that you need to have a rigid, rigid calendar, but the more that we plan out what we want to be doing, the easier it is for us to do those activities. 
If you have way too much green, that probably means you're not seeing enough A and B clients and or new people. And if you don't have enough green, someone's not really focused on the calendar, be it you if you do your own scheduling or someone else on the team. So we wanna find a good mixture in here. Most importantly, we wanna see color in here. And again, it doesn't matter if you take a half a day on a Thursday, all day Friday, hopefully Saturdays and Sundays, you have this free, you're totally disconnected from the business and enjoying the balance in life. So that's just a quick overview on a way that you can get more focused on your time and take your 40% to 70% to 80%. And before I switch it over to Tim and his great, great ideas, uh, does anyone have any questions on what was just thrown up there? You can take that screen down, Lauren. Any questions from anyone relating to the three different scheduling colors, green, blue, yellow? All right, I guess that was just so perfect. You don't even have any questions. So Tim, I'm gonna throw it over to you. Sure. No, so Gina, thanks for sharing that. So time management, uh, I, I think, can be the Achilles heel for a lot of uh, advisors. And a lot of times we have our head in the sand about how good of a job we're really managing our time. So it's it's fun to, to have awareness about the reality of it. Uh, I had an idea as I started training advisors underneath me uh, several years ago. When I first started in, in the business, there was this schedule that I'd have to report every week and I would have to write down everything I did every hour and talk to a manager about it. And they would judge me, right? <laughs> like back when I was 21. And, and I realized, you know, everybody has the same 24 hours a day, same seven days in a week. And I really felt like just being aware of what you're doing with your time would be helpful. Uh, so as I started training other advisors, I just went back to that same schedule and said, what's a, what's a week look like? And what are the hours and how are people using it? And I thought about chess. Um, anybody here play chess or ever play chess? So, okay. So if you, you don't play chess much, or you haven't done much with chess before, when you're trading pieces, like, you know, a pawn for a bishop or a bishop for a rook, you have to learn about what's more valuable. And if you trade a, like a bishop, uh, for a rook, you know, you, you know, you, if you get their rook, then that's better for you. <laughs> if you, you lose your rook for their bishop, that's worse for you. And I thought, um, there's points that they teach you to assign to these chess pieces. So one point for pawns, three points for bishops and knights, five for rooks, and then nine for the queen. And I thought, you know, there's certain activities I do in a daily basis that are better for business. So I assigned points to each of those activities and said, hey, if I'm doing this appointment planning, that's worth this many points. If I'm doing business processing, that's worth this many. If I'm getting you know, referrals or networking, that's worth this many. If I'm meeting efficiently with clients, that's worth this many. And I developed uh, what I call my ClearFP activity tracker, which is something we use to track activity. So I'll just share the screen and show you guys what this looks like. Um, this is what I use to uh, teach my other advisors uh, how to manage their time effectively. All right, so the time's on the left. Uh, you know, you got all the days there and then the hours broken out. And then we got the points on the right. And I'd say there's two main things that I used for this. Um, one was to, to score the activities uh, for, you know, and assign points and then measure and kind of track how many points you would earn each week to be productive. Um, and the other was to track the KPIs in our industry, key performance indicators. So number of appointments set, kept pieces and referrals. Uh, those are the kind of the four primary KPIs that I wanted to track. Uh, but just to share, because this is the, you know, the coffee break concept. I don't want to go into a, a long explanation of what this looks like. This is a good week for me. 
Uh, and it's very similar to what Gina just articulated. So if you if you look at it, uh, this is a real week, uh, meeting effectively with clients, I would give nine points as a nod to the queen. Uh, personal time, PT, those are zero. So I take off Saturdays, Sundays, uh, enjoy my mornings and my evenings, You know, take the personal time for that. And then the appointment prep and planning, that blue time that uh, Gina was talking about, I've got 30 minutes here, 30 minutes here, 30 here, actually an hour here. Uh, and I, I'll prep for my client meetings every morning with my paraplanner. Uh, and we'll look at the next five days worth of appointments. So I'm seeing the the next five, I'm seeing every appointment five times. So I'm telling them, hey, here's what I want you to you know change for prep for tomorrow. And then I look at that case every day for five days. But I can get the prep done in 30 to 60 minutes every morning. And I'm usually seeing anywhere from three to five clients a day. So in a good week, I'll see 25 clients work. 40 hours a week, nine to five, Monday through Friday, you know, pretty much, and then, you know, be done and have a, a normal work life. Uh, and this, this happens to be one of those weeks where, you know, I kept 24 appointments, wrote 20 pieces of business. Uh, we set 10 appointments that week for following, for following weeks, got a few referrals. That was the weak point for that week. And then, you know, wrote a bunch of business and issued a bunch of business as well. Those are the fifth and sixth KPIs. So I share this with you just because everybody needs their own system. And whatever system works for you, I think that's, you know, that's what matters and using balancing your, your time effectively between those same three things Gina just shared is has been key to my success. But what I find with a lot of my advisors is they go through and they do this. And then after they do this, they realize they weren't using their time as effectively as they thought. And it's not about beating yourself up. It's just about being aware. And then, you know, with that awareness, you can structure your ideal work week. So any questions or thoughts about that? Happy to chat. While they're thinking about their questions, I love the fact that you have personal time at 5 a.m. So does that mean you get up at 5 a.m. every day? I do usually get up pretty early most of the day. So I'll, I, my, my morning routine, I'll, I'll work out for 30 minutes because uh, I, I hate working out. Uh, and so I, I get it done in 30 minutes. And then while I'm cooling down for 30 minutes, I practice guitar and sing, which I absolutely love. So it's like my favorite thing to do in the day. So I do my worst thing in the first thing of the day and then my best thing. And then after that, I'm just getting ready for work. Usually it takes me another hour and then I get into the office. So my worst thing and my best things are done in the first hour of the day. And, and then I get into the office and start the work-related stuff, which is, you know, fun too, but in a yes. So Greg, I'm going to call on you. Tell me about your time. Where might you get bogged down? Greg Dillon. Hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think a lot of the time, more time is spent on meeting prep than needs to be. Um, I think I have to be a little bit more intentional with delegation. And I think some of the meeting prep stuff is more of a last minute scramble as, as opposed to it is having a clear process in place um, and leaning on, um, you know, members of the team to get everything prepped for those meetings. Yes. And also when you do things last minute, that puts them in a scramble and most team members don't like to work you know, like hit the last minute. We might to be able to do that as an entrepreneur much easier, but for them, I think it gets them out of control or overwhelmed. So what can you do differently to delegate quicker? Yeah. One, I mean, one of the things my, you know, we operate on the EOS uh, system and one of my rocks for the quarter is to put together a systematized annual review process um, using a lot of the material that C2P has shared with us from uh, Bucket Plan 2.0 so that um, everyone on the uh, team as far as prep goes uh, knows what they're responsible for and what their role is in that annual review meeting 
each of the advisors know what they're responsible for uh, so that nothing slips through the cracks and um, you know everything's prepared well ahead of time so that there's no last minute scramble. Yes, that's awesome. And I look at that even in the week when you're creating an ideal week is as soon as a meeting is done, one is an annual review, but then after a meeting is done, having time to delegate, however you delegate copy talk or mobile assistant or but via email, um, but it's getting it out of your head, getting the wheels in motion and allowing them to continue on from there. Right. Peter, where would you say you get bogged down? Built on the foundation of the award-winning bucket plan process, Clarity to Prosperity's proven processes, training, and coaching can help you increase your revenue. If you are a growth-minded, independent financial advisor, you qualify for a free copy of the bucket plan book. Go to claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer to get your free book today. That's claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer. I get bogged down with um, staff training and you know, the delegation is great, but if they don't know what to do, that then I have to kind of help them do that. And then sometimes it's easier for me to just do it than to train them to do it. And again, it's mostly because it's last minute, kind of what Greg was saying, like sometimes we're scrambling pre-meeting. It's like, you know what, I'll just do it. I'll take care of it. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there. You know, I want to be able to delegate more. And we're, we've been doing a good job with it, but there's still some things that just pop up with specific clients that have been with me for 20 years, but they've only been with the staff for two years, just kind of some idiosyncrasies that might be involved with that. So that, that's where my biggest challenge is. Do you want to add anything before I do, Tim, related to what Peter just said? No, I, I, I like, um, no, I think the challenge with the staffing and everything, I, I think that Eric posed a question that my answer, I think, would apply to Peter as well. So I'm happy to address that. But uh, it just is a tip more than more than anything. Anybody ever send me personally an email and get my auto reply? If you've seen my auto reply? Okay, so if you have, you're welcome to send me an email if you want, you'll get my auto reply. There's a little video there that pops up in my auto reply. It's tclaremont at clearfp.com. And the video is about a minute long. And in the in the video, I teach my clients my one in one rule. And the one-in-one -one rule is the solution to how I keep from getting bogged down with answering emails and phone calls and things like that. So uh, we only have to check our email and our voicemails twice a day. So first thing in the morning and then at one o'clock. And I did this because I used to run my practice alone and I was busy in client meetings and I needed to get back to clients efficiently, but I couldn't just constantly be answering emails and also being answering voicemails. And so the rule is that they'll always get hear back from me, whether it's an email or a voicemail within one business day. So if, if the message comes in before one o'clock, they'll hear back by the end of that day. And if the message comes in after one o'clock, it'll be no, no later than one o'clock the next day. So by making that promise, they know if they get a hold of me before one, they're going to hear something back before the end of the day. And if it's after one, they'll hear something before the one o'clock the next business day. But it also allows my team and I to check the voicemails and the emails only twice a day instead of constantly going back and forth between emails and voicemails and all that other stuff. Now with staff on, in, you know, you can have people take messages and actually answer the phone. So they're getting a live person, but getting anything more meaningful, uh, they, you know, they, they know when they're going to get that answer back in a reasonable time frame. Uh, and, it, and then my team actually reads all my emails. So I don't even read my emails. They'll physically print the emails that are necessary for me. And I'll get a paper in my inbox of the emails I need to look at. And then I'll just scan those at the end of the day and write my responses back and hand it back to my team. And my team 
deals with all the replies. So that's how I've been more efficient. Gina, I, I don't know if you know Colby's everybody or not, 6861, but being an eight follow through, I'm, I'm all about systems. So I create systems right. on everything. <laughs> you do. You're a very systematic person. I've noticed that. <laughs> in the, I, I like though what you're saying about the emails, like in the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss, one of the things that he says is only checking your emails twice a day. And we get consumed by interruptions, be it voicemail, phone calls coming in and or emails. So I agree, Regina gets all of my emails. If there's something that she doesn't know how to respond to, she boxers me, cause we're not in the same city. Uh, and then I can give her a response, but pretty much she learns. And that goes back to what Peter was saying is that the best way to train someone is to let them shadow you. Like the more they shadow you, they can hear, feel and see what it is you're doing. And when we say we don't have time to train them, then we're always going to do it. And we have to get the monkeys off our back. So we're doing just the things that we should be doing or love to be doing in the business. So, Peter, maybe it's designated time that you have to honor. Like if we schedule time with our team, we have to honor that time because, quite honestly, they're the most important activity in your week. If you're not spending the time with them, they can't help you do what you're trying to accomplish. So if you have designated time, you know what you're training on, depending on your Colby, you may only have to talk about one thing because you can't teach them 12 things at one time. They're not going to learn it. And as they're shadowing you, then ultimately you or someone else on the team can shadow them. They're always going to make mistakes in the beginning, but that's how they learn. And then you have more control of your time. The other thing about email is there's so many emails that go back and forth in a day. It's such a time waster. If you spent 10 minutes, maybe first thing in the morning, mid-morning, mid-afternoon as a team, boom, 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 you go through questions, it's done, and you don't have all those emails in your inbox. So remember, that's all still time management. And the more that you're in control of your time, the more you have control of your time. I wrote down a quote, um, own time or time will own you. So just think about that, own time or time will own you. So when we're at 30, 40, 50%, time is owning us. We, again, don't have to be rigid, but laying out a week as Tim did, and he's scoring himself because he's competitive, right? We're all competitive. Um, but he's scoring himself. And when you see that you're not getting where you want to be, that's a way for you to look for ways to improve. Yeah. Yes, Greg. Um, I just want to add too. I think, you know, setting expectations with your clients helps out a lot. Um, in my practice, I do not give out my email. I do not give out my cell phone. My office phone won't even ring in from the outside. The communication with all of my clients is you talk to Jamie and the expectation is set up that, hey, it's very difficult to reach me during the day. Touch base with Jamie. If she can't get the answer, she will get to me quicker than you can. It's the best way to reach me. It's the best way to get faster responses. And if you set up that expectation and give them the rationale behind it, they don't, they'll, they'll work through Jamie, my assistant, for everything you know, with it. And that creates a lot of your time back, right? And, right. you know, Gina, I struggle anyways with emails. 
<laughs> so, you know, it, it, if you struggle with it like I do, or if it's becoming something that's taking over your day, just begin to set those different expectations. If you look at my business card, it does not have my email, does not have my cell number. It has my office number and I direct them to my assistant. Yep. And again, a key thing is you're setting up the expectation externally and internally. And that's where the magic really happens. Um, Frank, you asked the question, the best way to have a team member sign up for Colby, you can go to Colby, K-O-L-B-E.com, and they would do the Colby A as an Apple profile. And if you get, um, I think I have yours, Frank, but if you get everybody else's, I can do a Mentor Connect call and go through the Colby with all of you. Glenn, any thoughts on your end? Hi, there you are. Hi, Gina. Thank you. Hi. Um, uh, distractions and the unknown um, and and breaking a system. Uh, I would say those are the three um, issues for me, you know, having a system and it working and then something coming in and disrupting that and then um, not getting back to it. Um, I see lots of nodding by a lot of people. So, uh, so, you know, I guess realizing that and getting yourself back on track, um, to me, that, uh, that's, that's the biggest, um, issue that I seem to face. So, so distractions we all have, again, it's how we let them in. And I think right. when you're working on those three most important activities that you wrote down, you have to think of yourself almost as a surgeon. You can't let those interruptions come in. You're in surgery. So just like if you were in a client meeting, no one else can get in or no one else should be able to get in. You shouldn't be getting buzzed. Somebody's on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> buzz. They probably, probably don't even have the buzz thing anymore, but we used to. Anyway, the distractions, we have to find a way to limit them. So email is a distraction, voicemail is a distraction, people in the office coming in. You know, it might be, this is your power hour to think and or work on something. But if it's structured on your schedule, as we were both just talking about, Tim and I, when you have some structure to your schedule, you'll have time for those distractions. But they can't distract you in the key things that you really need to be spending your time on. Well, easier said than done. But when you lay yeah. it out, it takes four to six weeks. And when you lay it out, you're truly in control. What if some of the distractions are your top three? So if you're focused on, you know, number one right now and distraction number three comes in. Um, so, you know, that's uh, that's another so if they're Question. your three most important activities, I wouldn't call mm -hmm. those distractions, but they are things that we need to schedule time for. Right. They're distractions so, if you're blocked to do something else. That's what I mean. So they're important. You know, they're, they're top three. Um, so... Tim, do you want to respond to that? Go ahead. Yeah, I just... Well, I just... Uh, there's a neat um, tip that I got. I, I read it in a book or heard it in a speech or both somewhere along the way. And um, they, uh, there was a, you write out your to-do list at the end of your day mm -hmm. for the next day and you order it in order of priority, you know, one through whatever, 15, whatever it is. Um, and then, you know, you, then you go home and at the end of the day, you wake up the next morning and you find that you've already done some of the things that were on the list because it's, it's been working in the back of your head overnight. And by having that to-do list, which, I mean, I literally have mine right in front of me right now. I do it every day. Um, 
you don't have to remember what to get back to. So if a distraction pulls you away from it, you just look back and say, what, what, what number was I on? What did I just cross off? I was on two, I'm going to three. I was on five, I'm going to six. And it cuts down on that transition time because there's a lot of time lost in transition time. So I do believe a daily to-do list is critical. When you have your team delegating uh, so many of those micro tasks, they're doing a good job at it. And you can actually maintain a better system in terms of your regular calendar, like what I shared with you in a, in a good week. Um, you have less of a need for that to-do list because you just go straight from something you know you wouldn't be interrupted in anyway. Like you're not going to let anybody interrupt you from a brand new $2 million prospect client for an hour, you know, you're not going to let your staff member come in with just about anything to mess that up. Right. So if your whole day is filled with those kinds of times and everybody else is taking care of all the other minutia, then you're, you don't even need the to-do list because all you got to do is follow your schedule. <laughs> so thank you. Um, and I can add too, I mean, just, you know, use your calendar as your tool. If you, so if you have something that's in your calendar, that's important, like you said, and something else important mm -hmm. comes up, you just honor and say, hey, get it in my calendar. People, my, my staff will come to me. My advisors will come to me. Hey, we got to address this, this, or this. I say, okay, squeeze it in. And if I have to violate a time, I'll violate a lunchtime, right? We'll eat lunch together and talk about it. Or I'll look at the calendar. I'll say, remove this and do this, but don't lose focus on what is important in the moment, right? And they structure, once you get your team working with your calendar, you know, my advisors know, hey, if we got to set up for a case, they're just going to go ahead and put them right in my calendar for a half hour prep time. And then it's all about respecting the calendar, right? Those are important things. Respect the calendar. And it doesn't put the, uh, you know, the fire drill to it, so to speak, you know, and, and things will get done. And it's about those expectations again, right? If a client calls Jamie and says, hey, I have something I really need to talk to Greg about, she said, okay, he is in meetings I will put you in his calendar at 2.30. And it might be 10.30 in the morning. They just want to mm -hmm. know that answer. And that it, it's just creating that expectation that, you know, they, they, they respect that. They just want to know yeah. they're being heard and they're being addressed and they're going to get responded to in a timely manner. And 98% and of them get resolved that way by just utilizing your calendar and teaching your team how to use your calendar. Yeah, yep. all they care Thank is you. being cared for. And I'm just going to, I know this isn't, the call isn't about Colby, but this is another thing that I've learned from a time management standpoint is based on my Colby, like I used to get frustrated with myself because I couldn't finish things like, and my Colby doesn't allow me to finish things. So I have to be very, very conscious of what I do and when I do it. So when Tim said he spends 30 minutes, he doesn't like to work out, but he spends 30 minutes working out. And it's one of the first thing that he does. So I do things that I don't want to do. I don't like to do first, most importantly. And then I have the freedom to do all the other things that I really want to be doing. That's how we have control of our time. Okay. And just to close off next week's topic is effective strategies for incorporating life insurance into your client's financial plans. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Bye everyone. Interested in learning more about the topics discussed today? We want to know more about your challenges and priorities and how we can help build your custom roadmap to success. That's right. A custom roadmap built just for you. Schedule a free 20 minute consultation with one of our business development partners. Visit c2pe.info forward slash podcast to schedule a time that's good for you. That's c2pe.info forward slash podcast.